Hello and welcome to Countdown to Eternity, the weekly ministry featuring well-known author and apologist Don Stewart and Pastor James Cadiz of Calvary Chapel, Signal Hill. Together they answer your Bible questions relating to the end times and examine current events connecting what's going on in our world to Bible prophecy. Well, hello, my dear brothers and sisters. We want to welcome you to another episode of Countdown to Eternity. And folks, let me just simply say this. The world is changing rapidly. Make no mistake about it. We are seeing more and more evidence of what we know is true. And that is the fact that Jesus could come for his church at any second. I am with the great Don Stewart. Don, how are you doing, my dear brother? Doing great, James. Really excited. Uh, the video we did on Sunday morning a few weeks ago, uh, January 1st, looks like it's reached 100,000 views on um, YouTube. And so I'm very happy for that. Thank you for promoting it on uh, your uh, network. Oh, and uh, I just really appreciate that. And it's exciting to see that uh, people are, you know, are tuning into this because it's great information, 12 basic, 12 predictions, biblical predictions that uh, what it says the world's going to be like at the time of the end and everyone has come coming to pass miraculously. So anyway, thank and you for the help. And it's amazing with that because it is picking up speed. That video, as of the time of this recording, it's really interesting. I'm looking at the analytics of it. Um, in the last 48 hours, an additional 12,500 people have watched that video just on the Calvary Signal Hill uh, YouTube page. It's amazing to see God uh, doing something spectacular through that message, but it's true. Like, here's the thing. There are so many signs that are blatantly obvious, right, that we are approaching that time. And um, I think it's so critically important for people to understand it. And I also think it's important that people recognize the fact that, you know, assuming the rapture were to happen today, we still have at the bare minimum, and probably a little bit longer than that, seven years before Christ's return, before the second coming happens. Correct. But there is so many spectacular things on the table here that we need to be looking at, some news stories that dramatically affect so much of what we've been talking about. Um, and, and some of them are just absolutely horrendous, but they speak concerning what we know will exist or the condition that it will exist in the last days, and that is... Men will call good evil and evil good, and their understanding of what's righteousness will be completely, completely diminished. Um, and we're looking at a story that we can start with, and this isn't one that we're going to spend a lot of time with, but boy, oh boy, oh boy, does it prove a point, right? Yeah. Talk about giving over to a reprobate mind, right? This is yep. incredible. This is a story that comes out of the Daily Mail UK, and uh, you said that this was in Scotland. Scotland, correct. correct. Mm -hmm. This is in Scotland, and this story is entitled Transgender Woman Guilty of Raping Two Women When She Was a Man. Um, and this is interesting because this has some uh, things to do with uh, jail and some other things happening. Can we talk about this for a second? Yeah, this, this one just came across the wire. This rapist decided that he was no longer a man after appearing in court on a rape charge. So the sex attacker transitioned before the trial. He was charged before the trial and has now been sent to a women's prison, a rapist to a women's prison uh, because of the the gender law that we see here in uh, Scotland. And so there's, as you can imagine, absolute fury. Can you imagine being a relative of the victim in, in something like this? Uh, you know, um, 
and 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 seeing that uh, this person now treated as a female. And but this we were warned about this. In fact, there was a story a couple of weeks ago and people were laughing it off. Well, someday someone's going to, you know, some rapist is going to you know, change to from a man to a woman and get stuck in a woman's prison because, uh, you know, because it's whatever they declare themselves to be. And it was funny, just it was like a month ago. So people were laughing at, oh, come on, that'll never happen. Well, here it is right here, James. They call good evil, evil good. They hate that which is good. But can you imagine if we would have, let's say five years ago, even brought up a story like this, it would have been Come on, this this, this wouldn't happen. No way. No way. Society, yeah, exactly. Society would never accept this. And even a month ago, we said that the story we read a month ago would turn into something like this. And the right. story that a month ago was absolutely reprehensible. As a matter of fact, that it also came didn't come from Europe, but it came from South America, and it related to a man yep. who basically chose to change his gender, and he admitted it. He said, "I transitioned into a woman." Because the courts are more favorable with respect to custody issues for women, which is why I transitioned to a woman. He didn't care. He didn't really believe he was a woman. There was nothing like that going on. He simply did it to take advantage of a legal loophole. And that presents a terrible problem on a lot of fronts. And we we knew that this would be something that would be taken advantage of, and it is. And look, the reality of it is it's reflective of what the Bible tells us we should be experiencing, and that is people calling good evil and evil good. We are living in darkened days. And when we look at the days of Noah, as Jesus spoke about, you know, the days of Noah spoke specifically concerning the darkness and the condition of the world, right? Man, the, the, the level of depravity that man will end up going to. When we speak about the days of Lot, we are actually speaking about the idea of Christians. The Bible calls him righteous Lot, right? Seeking to integrate within the culture and be taken away by it as opposed to changing it. And we're seeing both of those things happening right now. Yeah, it's interesting, James, too, because when you do this, what the guy in South America did, what this guy in Scotland did, and it got away with it, basically you're saying there's no such thing as objective reality. When uh, you know either have XY chromosomes or double X chromosomes, XY male, double X female, doesn't matter anymore, does it? Science doesn't matter. Truth doesn't matter. Uh, not matters except what you think it is at the on the spur of the moment and you start living in a world like this can you imagine you're on the operating table and some surgeon says well you know i i think that this uh, here this blood type really i like this other blood type even though it says this is the one the guy needs i mean things like that i mean wh where do you stop where do you stop well they're already moving in this direction this is something that a lot of people are admitting in the medical profession but they're not really talking about it and there is a movement even amongst here in the United States, even amongst the American Medical Association, where they are beginning to place more of a premium on what they call uh, racial or social justice than they are actual objectivity within the science of what's actually happening. So, you know, who cares whether or not you're qualified as a surgeon? My fear <laughs> is, are you black? Uh, yeah. that's kind of the picture that is uh, being created right now, and it's a very dark one. Yeah, yeah, it, indeed. So anyway, that story just came across, but it's indicative, like you said, of the story we did a few weeks ago of the guy in South America who admitted, no, I'm not a woman, but I, I'll give it treated more favorably in a custody issue. So here we go. Now, this next one's really interesting, James, because I, I found in two different places, the, the proverbial doomsday clock. It's moving closer to midnight now, closest ever, it says, and it's really interesting, 90 seconds to midnight, two things here, because of the nuclear shadow 
over the Ukraine conflict and, of course, the real big one, the growing climate crisis. Yeah, and it's amazing what they're doing. I think the thing that's uh, uh, remarkable about this is I don't think how these people realize absolutely how prophetic they are being, right? (laughs) The doomsday clock of 90 seconds uh, at this point, 90 seconds to midnight, is remarkably accurate, but not for the reasons that they say it's going to be. (laughs) I think it's remarkably accurate because we are very rapidly approaching what we know will become the seal judgments, the bowl judgments, the trumpet judgments. We are moving very rapidly in that place. And um, if you just looked at the expression of the first four seal judgments in Revelation chapter six, that in and of itself is alone to destroy a quarter of the population on the earth. I mean, yeah. how much more? And those are the minor compared yeah. to the things that we're going to see when the wrath of the Lord is revealed. By the time we get to seal number five, I mean, to think about the picture that that draws, um, we are. I, I agree with that doomsday assessment. I think that that's very, yeah. very true. Yeah, you came to the right conclusion the wrong way, but you're you're absolutely correct, and that's why we say we make it. We always make the point when we talk about the coming of the Lord is imminent. It's not the second coming of Christ; it's the rapture of the church. The taking coming for us is imminent because you've got all the judgments of Revelation six through eighteen that need to take place before He can return with us the second time. But you see these things, and that's why I did that talk at East Anaheim on January 1st. You've got 12 specific things, James, that the Bible says, this is what the world's going to look like at the time of the end, which literally nobody could predict, nobody, humanly speaking. Yet everyone, every prediction has come to pass or is in the process of coming to pass, which tells you whether it be nations lining up, whether it be the rejection of marriage, we'll call it good, evil, and evil, good. All these things we never expected to see, but we see them right now. Amen. Amen, bro. And we are seeing it faster and faster and more rapidly. And that brings us to another story uh, that you just sent. I mean, hot off the press. This one uh, relates to North Korea. Um, And and this is interesting because when we talk about the uh, FBI actually making a statement that North Korean linked hackers are behind $100 million in cryptocurrency theft, it begins to make a case by governments to remove cryptocurrency as the digital currency tool, which, of course, crypto can't be traced into a government or central bank currency system. This cannot have more of Revelation 13 on it than it is in its current state. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. So you got little rocket man's people there in North Korea, $100 million crypto heist, and people make the mistake. I'm glad you made that distinction. Cryptocurrency is not what's talked about in Revelation 13. Uh, the buy and sell will be digital currency, which people can monitor. That's the whole point, right? Because every tra- and you've got that statement you always play of that, uh, that banker guy that, that basically says, well, my goodness, when someone spends $100 on something or 1,000 pesos, we can't monitor that. That's terrible. In other words, like it's their business who spends what. But this is a huge story because you're right. We get this time after time after time again, all the problems with the FTX uh, you know, fiasco there, the other crypto uh, fiascos that are taking place. And what it's going to be, like you said, the government's going to step and say, look, you guys got the right idea, but you need the government to control it. You need us to do it. So make sure everything is fine. And so you could do the digital currency, but instead of doing hidden where these thieves come in and steal, we'll take care of it. And you can trust us. We're the government. Yeah. 
<laughs> Famous last words, right? But this is the mechanism of the totalitarian regimes that continue to be put into play, right? This is this shouldn't be anything that should surprise us because all of these little regimes that we see being put into play are preparing us for what we know is actually coming. And it's interesting, you know, a lot of people look at the kind of things that we're seeing happening all over the world right now and say, well, these are just little tiny governments that become inconsequential. But what a lot of people don't realize is what appears to be inconsequential will come together to form something that is remarkably consequential. And we see this happening with the final Antichrist. We talk about 10 nations having this power, and, and it would appear to be a lot of power in their regions, right, in their respective areas, and they are going to realize that they can do nothing without having a single totalitarian ruler, and they are going to capitulate that authority. They're going to yield that authority to this guy who then is going to claim all kinds of wonderful things and is going to appear to be the best thing since sliced bread until he becomes the beast. And when he becomes the beast at the three and a half year mark of the tribulation and uh, people begin to open up their eyes, particularly the Jews, that's when God is really going to do a work in, in those hearts. But for many, it will be too late, far too late. Yeah. And James, what we have pointed out before what we need to realize these stories are not being placed in periodicals online news organization by accident they're put there on purpose to give the impression to people worldwide well here's another digital currency a uh, cryptocurrency ripoff here's another cryptocurrency problem here's another problem with the climate this and that why they're conditioning the people right because for the good of the people for the good of everyone for the good of your money in the future hey uh you don't have to handle cash any longer no one's going to come and steal you uh like Lori lightfoot from chicago just this last weekend said you know we've got so many robberies going on that the real simple answer is don't carry cash do everything digitally <laughs> be cashless and so and we also had a story too that we did on our program about brazil and argentina going and this is important along inviting other south american companies at countries afterwards to have a common currency in other words uh the digital currency it seems will be a common currency yeah and and by the way i this is my personal opinion and we've talked about this for years and years and years and years you not only have to have a digital currency but undoubtedly you have to have a common courtesy a common courtesy yeah, <laughs> you need that too <laughs> yeah that's right but you know, the thing that's interesting about this is because it brings up the issue of uh, inequality versus equality. And this has been a discussion that they've been having at the World Economic Forum. This is a discussion that they're having in all kinds of places. And that is when you take a look at the value of a nation's particular currency and you put it up in comparison to the value of another nation's currency and they are not equal, you also have that problem. So they are saying that when you eliminate cash, it will become the great equalizer because there will be a common uh, currency. And in that common currency, it will eliminate the kind of what they call inequalities, like literally the inequalities that so-called exist, right? Right now amongst currencies. So, and by the way, they're already starting this. If you remember the, uh, the current regime in office in the United States of America, actually were part of a massive proposal to actually tax industrial nations uh, with a large international corporate tax in an attempt to sort of equalize the problem with the currency exchange issue. 
And so when we can eliminate the problem with the currency exchange issue, then we can put everybody on an equal ground, which will then sort of give those people that uh, sort of have the the lesser of the opportunities to now have real opportunities. But what they're really trying to say is this, it's going to make the totalitarian ruler that steps into play the one who can do it all. And we saw many, many times we saw the video with uh, now King Charles, but before Prince Charles actually saying it's far beyond any global GDP, far beyond the capacities, the combined efforts uh, represented by the capacity of every single world government uh, leader. We need one person that can come in and can fix it all, right? Eliminate cash, move forward in that direction. And that's exactly what we are beginning to see right now. Yeah. So again, all of this coming to pass, you can't make this stuff up exactly like the Bible says. Now, the fourth and last story we're dealing with here on this program, James, is the most important because it, it, it's, it has many ramifications. And that is this. Israel and the U.S. are launching the most significant drill ever in show of strength against Iran. Now, isn't this interesting? They're still doing a drill here, but I want us to talk about the fact that when push comes to shove, the U.S. is not going to be there, are they, when you get uh, this final last day's invasion? That will no. include Iran, Turkey, and other countries. Yeah, no. And by the way, uh, just so that you know, the United States has constantly, they have consistently demonstrated a lack of desire or capacity to want to support Israel in the stage that Israel is facing itself to be in right now. As a matter of fact, when we look at a very short and brief history of what the United States has done under the leadership of the current regime, um, it's remarkably telling, right? I mean, look, let's look at everything that happened, right? First, the United States, uh, upon the uh, taking over of this new regime, decided to change the terminology associated with who they identify as terrorists and who they don't. Now, you think, well, that's not a big deal. That's just something <laughs> symbolic. Not true, because it changes the kind of flexibility that they have for the rules of engagement with respect to how things work on an international court level. Because if you act against somebody that is not deemed as being a known terrorist group, then the rules of engagement continue or completely change and your hands are tied in being able to handle things. So the United States of America really pretty much cursed Saudi Arabia. They undoubtedly cursed Israel when they basically said, we will no longer recognize the Houthis, the Yemenis uh, terrorist organization that is directly a proxy of Iran. We will no longer recognize them as a terrorist organization. And so in essence, it has tied the hands of what Saudi Arabia can do on its southern border, and it undoubtedly ties the hands of what Israel can do with respect to its involvement by the Houthis directly with Hezbollah, and in some cases, believe it or not, the Sunni Hamas, which is very interesting how the Sunnis uh, that in that area of the world are working with the Shiites. It's a, it's a pretty remarkable thing, uh, but the common goal between people who would be traditional enemies is the destruction of the Jewish state, and the United States of America is eventually going to fade away, and I, I do need to say this because it's really important. They have not only lost the moral authority that they used to stand upon by which they would make such decisions, but they are beginning to lose their status as a superpower because of the very, very uh, nefarious, cold and calculated mechanism that they have deployed to completely dismantle, and I will use a leftist term, dismantle that which made the United States of America great. And um, it's terrible. It's being done at the expense of a lot of people's lives. 
And in essence, this regime is making a lot of money off the death of the future. There's a lot to, to, to digest there, but that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. And so to me, what's interesting, it sort of reminds me, James, of the pickle the U.S. is in with Turkey, because Turkey is a member of NATO. And the adventurism that's going on there, we are bound by treaty if Turkey was attacked by another nation, say Israel, to defend Turkey. Yeah. Well, and this becomes even more complicated because NATO is falling apart right now at the seams, especially because of the complexities of what's happening right now with Poland, right. uh, Belarus, uh, and what is happening with other NATO nations that are now beginning to say we are uh, officially declining in participating in actions that result in putting us in danger against Russia. So we will not intervene with Ukraine. We're not going to spend any more money there. Greece, one of the more recent nations to actually do that. But what's interesting about the members of the NATO alliance is they're beginning to fall apart. When France even begins to chime in and says, we are going to reconsider how we choose to defend anybody in this particular treaty because the alliance is not um, as, well, let's just say clean cut as it <laughs> used to be, you already know that that is falling apart. And, um, and I do think that there will be very concentrated and calculated efforts to destabilize the region by Russia, by the way, Turkey working with Russia in order for that to happen to destroy NATO. And keep in mind, over a year ago, in December of 2021, uh, Putin made that threat to NATO. He said, you guys need to off yourself or I'm going to off you. And um, he wasn't joking. And he's doing it using diplomatic channels. He's using it through political means. And undoubtedly, he's using it by the deployment of military force. And he's prevailing, which is unbelievable. Yeah. And also, too, um, U.S. is in a further pickle because we've got a huge military base there in Turkey, don't we, with some uh, very advanced <laughs> machinery there that... Uh, if we tried to pull out of that, um, it's very complicated because Turkey, uh, again, at the beginning was one of the original nations that, that pushed back against Russia. They, they'd been a friend. They were Muslim in name only. And not till Erdogan came out the early 2000s, started winning elections, that they start to coalesce and then bring Islam back into the picture because they were Muslim in name only before. And then to talk about getting back to the glory of the Ottoman Empire. And so those things weren't considered back when uh, they allowed them to be part of NATO. So what a world. It's all a hot spot. And then don't even get me started on the land bridge issue directly related <laughs> to Iran, Iraq, yeah. and everywhere else in that region, particularly Syria, who's become very neutral with respect to that. The deployment of Russian S-300s all along the line leading up to Damascus. There's so much to talk about there. But Don, we only I have know. a minute and 20 seconds left. <laughs> I so, know. Bro, I'm going to give you the last word. Thank you, James. Anyway, it just shows you people, thank you for watching and listening today, how things are moving at such a rapid pace as we come closer to the time of the end. Like we mentioned, when we talk about the imminent coming of the Lord, we're not talking about the second coming of Christ, talk about the rapture of the church. He's coming for us, then we're coming with him at the second coming some seven years later. And so that could happen at any moment. That's what we look forward to uh, every moment of every day. And until then, we're to occupy. In other words, the Greek says actually do business, do your business as he comes. Uh, work hard, work, because it's while it's still day, as Jesus said, because the night is coming. So that's what we do here in Countdown to Eternity. And it's all a means to an end. That is to present the gospel of Jesus Christ 
God, the Son, the one way to get to the one God, the way, the truth, and the life, who took the penalty of the sins of the world upon himself, so you and I can live by the fact we just receive him as our Savior, and we don't have to suffer for our own sins. And he's given us sufficient evidence to believe in him, not only past predictions, but predictions being fulfilled right now, that the Bible is the word of God, and Christ is the one way to get to the one God. So as the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. Amen and amen, bro. Thank you so much. Folks, we hope that you enjoyed watching this and listening to this as much as we've enjoyed making it. We want you to know that we love you. We are so grateful to God that we have the honor and privilege of being able to minister to you. So on behalf of the great Don Stewart, this is James Cadiz, and we want to thank you for listening to another episode of Countdown to Eternity. May God richly, richly bless you. Thanks for joining us today for Countdown to Eternity with James Giddies and Don Stewart. Replay this program and share it with friends and family too at CountdownToEternity.com. That's Countdown, the number two, Eternity.com. You can also listen to us by podcast, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Don Stewart has written quite a number of books, many of which relate to the end times and Bible prophecy. Access them for free right now at EducatingOurWorld.com. That's educatingourworld.com. There's another way you can stay informed, and that's by following us on social media. Follow James Cadiz, Educating Our World, and Countdown to Eternity on Facebook and Instagram. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Calvary Chapel Signal Hill. There you can watch the video version of Countdown to Eternity. And we'd also appreciate your financial and prayerful support. If you'd like to get behind what we're doing and help the ministry continue, Make a donation online at CountdownToEternity.com. That's Countdown, the number two, Eternity.com. Be listening each week at this time as the Countdown to Eternity continues. This program is brought to you by Calvary Chapel Signal Hill and made possible through the support of our listeners.